Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Now, our topic today is strategic communications, so I decided to get a definition of it. Now, not surprisingly, there were numerous definitions to choose from. So I settled on one from Ohio State, and it reads, In strategic communications, message development, or the process of creating key points or ideas, requires high levels of planning and research. These messages are targeted or created with a specific audience in mind and help to position an organization's communications goals with its structural goals. Now, my guest today brings proven experience with passion to her job. She notes that solving today's business challenges requires creativity and strategy. Phoenix Consulting has mastered both. The firm customizes dynamic, innovative, and important solutions. Her talent brings a new way of thinking to each problem. She has 25 years of strategic communications experience in a wide range of organizations and industries. So joining me today is Jessica Graham, an APR and fellow APR and the president of Phoenix Consulting, and she joins me today from Charlotte, North Carolina. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Peter. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, one of the first things I noticed when I look at your website, first of all, is how you spelled Phoenix. And then, two, I'd like for you to describe how you went about con- coming up with the name for your company. Absolutely. I would love to. It's one of my very favorite stories. So when I left corporate America and decided to go out on my own, I wanted a name that really captured me and captured how I think about my clients. And I've always really resonated with the idea of the Phoenix rising, just something wonderful coming out of a difficult situation. And so uh, I went down that road and I, I thought about calling it something Phoenix, but I am not in Phoenix, obviously, as you mentioned, and everything is named Phoenix. Like if you look up Phoenix, well, I would say in the phone book, which is dating me. But if you were to Google Phoenix, everything is named Phoenix. Mm. 
And so I put on my creativity hat and started looking at international spellings, uh, phonetic spellings, and came up with the spelling that I use and that I really liked, which was F-I-O-N-I-X. And I Googled it just to see if there was anything out there that already had that name, so I couldn't use it, and there really wasn't. But Urban Dictionary popped up, and I am paraphrasing, but basically it said, strong, confident woman is, is a phoenix. And then at the very end it said, but with blonde hair. And you can't see me, obviously, but I have a lot of blonde hair. And so uh, I just decided that it was meant to be. It was fate speaking to me, and uh, so I was off and running. Well, that's, uh, I thought that was very interesting, and I'm sure our listeners will, will appreciate that. So now <laughs> as you. we come to uh, strategic communications, do you how do you know when clients need it? I mean, when they call you up and they ask for your services, what is it that they say to you that indicates perhaps they need your services? It's a great question. And part of me says everybody needs it. Uh, whether they know it or not, I just think everybody honestly could use it. But when I talk to potential clients, usually when they reach out to me, it's because they've reached some sort of challenge point. So they've, just, they've realized that their brand is not fully connecting across all levels. So it's, it may not be matching their hiring brand. Maybe they're having trouble hiring folks. Or um, they're rolling out some new initiatives internally and they want to do it the right way. Or uh, they're not getting traction on their social media. Or it can be as basic as they want to improve sales. And again, my approach, obviously, is in that communication space, right? I'm not, I'm not your sales VP. Um, I'm not the one that you want to help you in that space. But if you really have effective communication and alignment with your brand and with your corporate or organizational goals, it's really going to help you in every aspect of your business. And so that's the approach that I take, and that's usually where I direct their questions. And frankly, when it comes to working with certain clients or, or having those clients choose me, I think it even goes beyond how I might define strategic communications per se, and it almost becomes a, it's a conversation, right? You, you just bond with people who speak your language and, and relate to the way that you look at what you do for a living. And I find that the folks that I work with, and certainly those that I work with most successfully, we're on the same track in that space. They really value the same things that I do when I'm looking at communications, and they think I can help their business. And, and if I think I can help their business, then we move forward. Mm-hmm. So once you've decided you've decided to take them on as a client, let's start mm-hmm. some idea of some of the questions you begin to ask them. And maybe the questions might differ from maybe industry to industry, but uh, just pick an industry and come up with some, you know, give us some ideas of the sort of things you look for as you begin to decide how am I going to resolve this issue? Sure. Well, most of my engagements, uh, and I would say even if this isn't a formal part of the process, I really do it anyway, is, is kind of what I call a brain dump. Like I try to get my client to tell me everything that they can about their organization or their business. So what are their goals? If they have a strategic plan, I read it. I look at all of their communications outlets. 
that I can from the perspective of their client or their customer. And so it's really me asking about, it's business questions, right, more than it is quote-unquote public relations or communications questions. So I want to know what they're trying to do. I want to know what's important to them. Um, I ask a lot of questions about their branding. Um, what are their brand values? Uh, what is their brand voice? You know, how, how are they trying to portray themselves internally and externally? And then how can I align to that? Now, again, obviously there's some variation um, depending on what my assignment is with that particular client, but for the most part, that's where I start. I start on the business or organizational side and go from there. Mm -hmm. What have you identified as a common mistake that you see a lot of organizations making that's causing them to be able to not to have the sort of communications plan uh, that the or structural goals that they'd like to have. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, I think in most of my experiences, it's it's a misalignment with their brand. So it's it's a pretty fundamental mistake that a lot of companies and organizations of all sizes make, and that is they have this brand, um, but they almost think of it as, in some cases, a logo and nothing else, and. So they sort of forget about their positioning or they forget about their differentiation and the roles, the really important roles that those play in your communication and in your branding. And then they don't carry that brand all the way through. And um, so, for example, you might have a brand that speaks to the importance of diversity. Let's say that's one of your core values is diversity. Well, how have you taken that value, that component that's really important to your brand and carried it through everything that you do. Um, you know, what are your policies? What are your holidays? What um, What does your senior team look like? You know, these are sort of non-traditional straight PR questions, but these are the kinds of questions that I really dig into and ask my clients because I, I take a, a very holistic approach and that's why I really like the strategic communications terminology. I really like the definition that you used because I do think of it as a very holistic, very message-driven approach to communication. So what are the various range of clients that you have? Are they service industries? Are they professionals, uh, manufacturers? Give us some idea of the range that, that you are, are dealing with there. Sure. Um, it, it's really funny. It, it really is a little bit of everything. Uh, so my background is very varied. So before I started my own company, I'd worked in lots of different industries, everything from education to technology to retail. And so I find that the clients that I work with are just as varied as my background. So I do quite a bit in uh, the nonprofit community, particularly with larger nonprofits. But I've done everything from startup to all the way to some huge uh, corporations. And really across the country. Most of my clients tend to be local because I'm here, and so that's just that's how they know me, but I've had several from across across the country. And in terms of industry, oh my goodness, I've had uh, several law firms. I've worked in energy, healthcare, uh, finance. Right now I'm in, uh, I have a client in the insurance industry, 
I have a client in the hospitality industry. I've done a couple in hospitality. So it really, it's, it's no specific industry, and that's just one of the things that I love about it mm-hmm. um, is just the variety of it. Well, let's just for the sake of argument here, let, let's just take a law firm. So some law firms uh, practice specifically. Maybe they're just injury lawyers. But then you've got other yes. firms that will five, six, seven different areas of practice. Uh, and let's, so let's take the one with five, six, seven uh, areas of practice. How would you handle their uh, strategic communications concerns? So I would approach it, usually, again, they have some sort of challenge in mind. So I'll give you um, a couple of examples. So one of the law firms that I worked with was rolling out all new internal processes. So they were rolling out new benefits plans. They were rolling out a new IT partner that was really important to their business. They were rolling out a new performance uh, measurement system. And so with them, my work with them was all internal facing. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about some of the external components because, again, I look at things in a very holistic way. But the majority of the work and the outcomes were internally based. Uh, But even with them, right, my approach was very much the same. So I looked at everything that they had been communicating internally, how they communicated it. Um, I talked to the senior team to get a sense of what was working and what wasn't. So I really understood their business challenges uh, before I even started from a messaging and culture and all that perspective. So, again, it's very much how I like to operate, um, and that's how I measure my success as well. So my success with my clients really depends on what they need and what's going to help their business. So is it turnover decreases? Great. Is it sales increase? Is it, you know, increased awareness within a particular community? Whatever that is, that's how I measure my success. Mm-hmm. And I just want to stay with this because this is helping, I think, to enlighten a lot of people. So sticking with the law firm, and uh, as you said, they might want to roll out maybe a new uh, benefit. So where do you fit into that picture of helping them to do that? Uh, Great question, too. So it, it depends on the firm. So if it's a larger firm, in many cases, I am supporting the team that they have in house. Mm -hmm. Um, So, in other words, I'm invisible. I'm just on the back end helping them with messaging, documents. You know, I'm I'm sort of their support. Uh, That just happens to be external to the company. In smaller firms, um, I might have a much more active role. So I might, uh, you might actually see me at a team meeting. You might actually talk to me if you have questions or concerns. So it depends on the size of the organization as to my um, visibility within the process. But in, in my most successful cases, regardless of whether I'm visible to the company or not, I find that it works best when I am a part of the team that's implementing the change. And again, in some cases, that's a departmental team. So um, they might have uh, one or two people in their marketing or internal communications or communications role, you know, whatever they happen to call it. And then I am a member of that team, so to speak, while we're working together. In some cases, I'm a member of the leadership team of the company. Um, I'll get together with the executives, the C-suite of that particular organization, and I am their 
marketing consultant. So I'm helping give advice um, and counsel from my perspective to help them make make business decisions. So again, it really just depends on what their needs are, number one, and then number two, how big their team is and, and sort of what their culture is. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, what, what I got from that is it really works better if you're with them uh, at the beginning or launch of this particular effort, wh- whatever it happens to be, as compared to coming in once, it, once the wheels have come off and then asking you to fix it. Always, <laughs> always, it is always better um, to absolutely approach it beforehand. Yes, sir. Um, if folks take nothing else from that podcast, from this podcast, please take that. Um, yes. Now, I have certainly been brought in after the fact when something's not gone well. Um, so I have done quite a bit in that sort of crisis communication space. But by all means, it, it goes much better if you. Um, are proactive about it up front, definitely. Mm -hmm. Now, have you had any resistance because, let's say, maybe there was a manager of uh, overseeing the distribution or the hiring of people or whatever that happened to be, and the C-suite folks said that, well, we really need some help here. Have you run into any sort of resistance from people on the staff to your being there because perhaps they felt embarrassed about it? I have not as much as I anticipated and not as much as I experienced when I was internal uh, to organizations. So uh, I think all of us who've worked in corporate America have dealt with, with the politics that can go along with that. My The advantage that I have now is I'm very much in control of how I'm positioned. And so um, I've talked with staff who were hesitant or, you know, maybe had the potential to feel a little bit threatened. And the way I position it, and and this is absolutely where I'm coming from, is I am literally there to help them solve their problems. So I'm there to help them look better. That's my whole purpose. Because I'm not in there with you. I have no skin in the game from that perspective. And so um, I think that when I talk to folks who are hesitant or when I coach my clients who might be talking to someone sort of on my behalf or about me, that's very much how we position it. I'm here for you and I'm here, frankly, to help you look better. If you look better, that's that's a score for me and that's what this is all about. And so I, I haven't had to deal with that as much as you might think or as much as I have in previous roles. <laughs> Well, when it comes to strategic communications, are there several elements or areas that you think most organizations should pay attention to as they move forward in doing whatever their particular projects are? Definitely. I mean, I I think just the, the philosophy that I have, anyway, to strategic communications, they should absolutely keep in mind, and that is that holistic view. You know, all of my positions before I went out on my own were, they were always internal. So I've always been sort of in-house, to use an industry term. And so when I think about strategic communications, I think about every piece of it. So, again, that's social media. That's how you're answering the phone. That's what your website says. It's everything. It's public relations. It's crisis planning, it's internal communications, it's everything. And so whatever it is that you're working on, uh, and and this is for communications professionals, 
just don't look at it in a vacuum and always think of how this information is going to be seen, uh, who's going to see it. Even today, in today's world, if you're working on a memo that's only going out internally, it's just for your employees. I mean, I really feel like those days are by and large gone. In so many cases, what we release internally becomes external, whether that's our intent or not. Mm -hmm. And that may not be a bad thing. You know, it may not matter. It may be something as simple as we're closing the break room. But how you have to think in today's world, I believe, how is that going to be perceived? And you have to always be thinking that in everything that you do now. And I just think that sort of holistic approach and different viewpoint is very, very important. And I think it's different than our world was, you know, just a couple decades ago. You know, I, you know, I think that was a very, very important point in terms of, uh, you know, take, looking at how something might appear to others, uh, you know, outside of your particular realm or actually to your employees. Mm-hmm. to anticipate what sort of pushback you might get if it's mishandled and not only pushback but you know the outside because obviously folks feel if they're mistreated they're going to be very very quick to let somebody outside know about it and uh that's yes. what, that's when the wheels begin to come off if it's if it's not handled correctly absolutely so absolutely and we see that every day right <laughs> <laughs> i mean because that's the other thing social media is out there news is 24 7 i mean we see that every day <laughs> and so we just have to really be aware of it well let me ask you now you know as, as we begin to close but is there anything that you think that we should have covered here that that we didn't cover oh my goodness you did a great job great questions and you really uh made me think about it no i think we covered everything i mean again i would say if there's one takeaway just try to shift your your paradigm a little bit broader and think think a little bit more broadly and think about those different perspectives no matter what you're doing you know gone are the days when we could write a press release and send it out and hope for news coverage, and that was it. Then we were done. Um, There's just a lot more that we have to consider and that we have to plan for um, beyond just that. So um, our our world has changed. But, no, this has been great. Peter, you've been wonderful. Thank you. Well, Jessica, let me say thank you so very, very much for uh, being a guest on the podcast today. And uh, to remind our listeners that uh, you've been listening to uh, Jessica Graham, who's uh, head of Phoenix Consulting down in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, if you've enjoyed the show, we'd certainly like to get a great review from you. And, of course, uh, let your friends know that uh, you were listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast. And we'll see you the next time. Thanks. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa. Play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.